Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis for the last time this year, and I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? Still not feeling Christmassy. You recommended Noel to me yesterday. You said, I did. Give that a watch. That's a new Christmas movie. That'll get you into the Christmas spirit. It was, charming. it was pretty bad. What, dude? It's so charming. It's not charming. Why not? Just, I don't know, the script that it's pretty much just Elf. Yeah, uh, I did say to you, it is basically Elf. They they just add stuff in, like no one says twinkle, right? There's this thing throughout the entire film where you can have the twinkle, and that's what Santa has. He can tell if a kid's naughty or nice. He can speak their language no matter what country they're from. Like it's this innate ability to connect with children. And just just all of a sudden near the end of the movie people start saying ah oh, you must have the twinkle I'm like why wasn't the twinkle talked about by name from the start it, it basically was though like it was right from the get-go that was very much established no, but it wasn't called the twinkle it's, yeah but you're now like focusing on like this one thing but like that was very much established throughout the movie you're right you're right if you want me to be true i, I thought the whole thing was crap but to be specific that's the thing i'm zeroing in on dude i'm surprised you didn't zero in on, a, on the, the baby reindeer thing which was admittedly oh. quite rubbish this was look it's a i think i think disney look at disney plus like a slightly more upmarket version of their director video releases <laughs> so the cgi in that movie is 
10, 15 years behind where I would expect it to be for a blockbuster. Oh, oh it's quite poor. From, from By Disney standards, it's quite poor. It's weird to see people of the calibre of Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader standing next to reindeers that look so shoddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I if, don't know who I, it's made for. I guess it's made for families. If you'd have told me this was released in 2005, I would believe you. Mm. Like, and it was just like, it was stuck on a shelf in in, uh, in Disney's vaults for 15 years. I would absolutely 100% believe you. But I thought it was very charming. And I, I very much enjoyed myself. I gave it three stars on Letterboxd because I had a good old time with it. Generous. <laughs> I watched The Happiest Season last night, the um, directorial debut, well, at least film directorial debut of Claire Duval. And it, I very much actually, I thought that was quite charming as well. It's not Cruella pretty. Deville? No, Claire She's Duval. A character. She's a character, Luke. From 102 Dalmatians and the prequel, 101 Dalmatians. But uh, it, it, you know, it's it's not breaking any new boundaries aside from the fact that it is a um, a, a homosexual love story, a gay love story. What? If it is not like it is, it's you know, it's a love oh story my god! Before, but it was very lovely, and the characters were all. I, I had quite a lot of laughs while watching it. So that'd be my recommendation. My next recommendation is Happiest Season. Is it charming too? It's very, it's very charming, very charming. Mm. I think I think uh, Christian Stewart is great in it, really, really do. And um, I think Mackenzie Davis is, does a very good conflicting thing. Aubrey Plaza is great in it. Uh, Alison Breeze brilliant in it as well. Mary Steenenberg. It's I, actually Mary Steenenberg nearly steals the show. She's really, really good in it. Charming, charming indeed. Right. Well, speaking of charming, we're going to do your League of Lockdown uh, submissions. It'll be the last ones we possibly the last ones that we got a buttload of them to get through. Anyway. Let's talk about Raw. It shouldn't take long. Nothing happened. Here's the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, okay, here's my bold prediction. The Fiend is just going to come back and it will be like a new vicious side of The Fiend and the commentators will put over like, wow, We've seen the we've seen the fiend be vicious before, but this is a a whole different kind of vicious. Now he's he's as vicious as Randy Orton ever was, but it will ju- he'll just look exactly the same as the fiend, and it will uh, really it will just be the fiend again. So it won't be like a new look or a new a new mask, maybe a, a little fancy hat. You know, like Harley Quinn has the hat like sort of off to the side. Because that, that's angle. what I think's happening. Uh, do you think the mask will be at a bit of a jaunty angle as well no, to I, show sort of the off-kilter thing? I think the mask will be the same, but he might have little fluffy cuffs on his <laughs> jacket. Yeah. I um I, I think that there may be like a new mask. Maybe he'll have like different contacts in. I think they'll be like they'll, they'll incorporate sort of the burns to it, I, mm. I would imagine. Kind of like Kane's uh, mask and gear. But yeah, I I think like really. It's not going to be a new character. It's just going to be a, maybe a different look for the fiend, perhaps. You're a you're a horror movie aficionado. When horror movie villains get burned and die, dead, how do they typically come back in the sequels? Well, I mean, I mentioned Jason in yesterday's review because it's like part seven. They do like the big burning uh, scene, right? Like he just, you know, they they set him on fire and he walks through the house and the house then just completely explodes. It's a wicked, wicked visual. Um, But then like, he, you know, they um, they kill him in that one. Oh, they drown him in water. Like he just sort of like the the, the dad gets brought back from the dead and he sort of like pulls him under the water and and that's how they get rid of him. Uh, And then he's just back in eight coming out of the water and looking a little bit slimy. 
well, that could happen. What what happened in the actual bit was Randy Orton comes down and he's like, yeah, I liked it. I liked burning this doll to a crisp. Because, of course, that's what happened at the end of TLC in their Inferno Firefly match. Meanwhile, the commentary team are just putting over how Randy went too far. And it's just it was just sickening. And I oh, just it did my head in. I don't know about you. I mean, well, it was weird, wasn't it? I, and, you know, when you said, like, horror movie characters, how do they come back from fire? I probably should have said Freddy Krueger. Like, his whole story is that he was burnt. You know, like, that was his whole thing, is that the, the townsfolk burnt him alive. And then he started haunting people within their dreams. Maybe that's what the fiend will do. He'll start haunting people's dreams. He'll be like Freddy Krueger. Oh, no, because that's what we need. But mirror reflections. Yeah, maybe. I mean, because Randy did say in this promo that the voices have been silenced and all he can hear is the burning of of the fiend. So maybe the new voices that Randy hears, because he hears voices in his head, will be the fiend. And we will get like Ultimate Warrior style, like reflections in the mirror and things like that. Maybe Randy Orton becomes the fiend. That's That's, it. He's the new fiend. That's what I was thinking as you said that. And look. We're we're coming up with this on the spot, <laughs> but there is precedent for that because yeah. the, the you know the whole feud with Bray and Randy before was the idea of Randy joining the Wyatt family. It was the Viper in the family storyline, one of the best bits of SmackDown in that era, one of the best storylines I'd argue until the payoff of the last five years. And yeah, that that whole idea was Randy becoming a Wyatt, but it was all it was all under a guise. He wasn't really. He was in, just in there to eventually turn on them. So yeah, maybe the true comeuppance is it's not for Orton to get beaten. It's for him to yeah get infected by the fiend virus. Which and it, you know all of this is very weird, and it felt weird watching this as well because the fiend's the baby face in all of this. Like the hmm. the monster in in this like Freddie is the hero in this scenario that that we're telling here, which and it's so weird and. To, to go back to the question you asked me as well about sort of my thoughts on this segment, the commentary, like, it it sort of makes no sense because they're like, oh, man, I cannot believe that you set a man on fire. And I'm like, those were the rules. Like, that's that's the rules of the match. They had to, it'd be like, oh, man, I cannot believe he hit him with a ladder in this ladder match. <laughs> like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, it's sort of, and they're not very good at doing, mo- like, faked outrage anymore. Uh, Byron Sack. Well, n- none of the WWE commentary team. They come across as completely artificial and non-organic. Even Samoa Joe, one of the mm-hmm. best promos in the business right now, just wasted on commentary. I forget he's that. I forget that is Samoa Joe. I know it's. Yeah. I know his voice, but I just. He, I, he's just a different person. He's just a WWE commentator now. So I hope yeah. Samoa Joe comes back in the Rumble. That's why haven't we talked about that? I've been doing all these rumors lists for to, for next year. No one's saying Joe might come back. But uh, yeah, so to carry on, Randy, the lights shut down. Randy Orton's like, oh, what's going to happen? The lights come back up. And in what was actually a really cool visual, I thought, there's a full-on play set, like a swing. There's a rocking horse there. And Alexa is just... Alexa, stop. (laughs) Bliss is just sitting there on one of the swings. And yeah. Just being really cool, that sort of cool Sister Abigail style character that she's had. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Harley Quinn, but she's very much being sort of Harley Quinn-esque here. She's kind of telling jokes, being like, maybe he's down by the beach having 
barbecue <laughs> that that sort of thing you know she's sort of laughing giggling at her own terrible jokes about uh the fiend being set on fire oh mr j yeah exactly um i think it's in is it world's finest the animated one when um uh, the joker gets crushed in the building and like batman is flying away with harley quinn underneath him and he goes oh pudding and batman <laughs> says by now he probably is <laughs> I can't remember. It was an animated movie, but yeah. Um, so and she kind of, you know, said that he's now, you know, in the he's in the canvas, he's in the ashes, he's in the ground. But if if he does come back, when he comes back, it is going to be like something you've never seen before. It's mm. going to be like a really terrifying version of the theme, which is why you know a lot of people think that we are going to get this a new character. Like Sean and Denise were talking about how poor old Bray. Is, like he gets a character going, and then WWE don't really know what to do with that character. So then he just have to comes up. He has to come up with a new character every six months. Like, well, we don't know what to do. You're a backwards um, cult leader. Oh no, we don't know what to do. Uh, you're a wizard. Uh, we don't know what to do. Uh, you've got dreadlocks now. Oh no, we don't know what to do. Uh, you're part of a broken universe. Oh no, we don't know what to do. You're the fiend. Like, and it's so yeah. poor old. He has to just keep coming up with various different things to do. Yeah, and I guess you can also add bliss, like. Look at that bliss fiend act. I'm like, well, this this is the next stage, right? I want a good six months of them together. But we haven't really had that. Even though that was the story, as you said on the TLC review, like the finish of the Inferno match. Well, first off, it shouldn't have been an Inferno match. It should have been something based around bliss, how she's the weakness for the fiend. That was the story they were telling but in the end, Bliss is weirdly not involved in the slightest. And now she's just back to being this sort of herald of doom. She's the silver surfer for the Fiend's arrival. Who, yeah. who did I say that about recently? I can't remember. Was it Don oh, Callis? I think you said it was Don Callis. He was the silver surfer. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> Kenny Omega was Thanos. But those yeah. are mixed Marvel uh, references there but yeah the, the i don't know where we go from here i'm not particularly like excited i guess that's the most important question are you intrigued um no but i think that's also because you and i perhaps quite controversially so i did actually see the yesterday's the amount of comments that you got on yesterday's video like i don't know what they all said but oh there was a lot of them like it was the comments were way higher than they normally are <laughs> Well, it was a divisive subject. So there were a lot of people saying that they, I'm an idiot and they mm. loved the Fiend Order match. But there were just as many people saying, I hated the Fiend Order match. How dare you? And then people would have break off arguments. Okay. Well, that, I think that that's, that's interesting because we did think it was going to be quite divisive. And you and I sort of fell onto the side of like, nah, I wasn't really that much into it. And I don't think this, a new version of the Fiend is going to get me into this feud again either and it's only because like you know pun intended i think they're sort of hot shotting it at the moment and i don't it doesn't feel like and like what sucks about that is that the fiend always feels very thought out like everything the fiend does feels like it's had a lot of time put into it like you know that months and months and months they were doing of like building up to his SummerSlam debut and now we are just in sort of wwe's creative of hot shotting things and we don't really sort of know what we're doing one week to the next so i don't know to be honest what are you what about you yeah i'm not intrigued in the slightest uh, all that sort of intrigue I had. I thought Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt rode itself. There's so much backstory there. And I think they did have a story, and it was about Bliss, but they've changed their minds. Well, racing's that, got bad, so you had yeah. to do a, a fire thing. Yeah, and, and they really literally booked themselves into the ground where I don't think they've thought about the next step. 
And yeah. I think whatever, yeah, I'm not excited because I've been disappointed too many times by this company and unfortunately by their treatment of Bray Wyatt. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Uh, let's see what you think. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support to get in your ultra chats. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Rene says, hey guys, how's it going? How do you think The Fiend should return? And how should he look like? Because he should definitely not look like regular Fiend. Maybe his mask is kind of brown? Rips in his clothing? 
and limps in a you didn't kill me fashion. I think like what Rini is saying there, like I, I do think you need to have a different look. If you're saying that like he's gonna come back worse than before, he needs to have something that's new about like the look of the character. Because if you just bring back the fiend as currently is, that will feel like a letdown. So when Bliss teased that the fiend is coming back, she also said he's gone into you know absorbed into the canvas, deep into the ground, back home. And I took that to mean hell. You know what's mm -hmm. deep down beneath our feet so maybe he comes back with a australia yeah or maybe he comes back with a naughty little tail you know like <laughs> the, the little red tail with the the point at the end it's just like a naughty <laughs> because the fiend doesn't have a tail right now and so your big creative thing are you part of raw creative now it's just like <laughs> he's got a new tail maybe i submit some ideas every now and again <laughs> Uh, Benjamin, can't wait for Wyatt to come out of his cocoon and debut the Butterfly Funhouse. That's a like good that. pun. That, genuinely, Benjamin, that's pretty good. The Butterfly Funhouse. Could this be an attempt at a proper face turn without the spookums? Merry Christmas to you all, jam that jingle. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Benjamin, they're always going to be magics because Vince <laughs> bloody loves the fantastique. He loves magical elements about characters that don't need magical elements to them. And mm. no matter what they do with him, even if he is like a full on baby face, which, you know, he is at the moment because they're like putting over Randy is like, oh, my God, he set a man on fire in a match where you're supposed to set a man on fire. Um, but, yeah, I think that it's he will still be. A magical character bliss i mean like bliss is a magical character she just appeared in the ring with a swing set and like all like a load of other stuff so they're magical beings yeah uh chris wag stuff i like this idea following tlc i can't wait wait for the debut of darth brader oh come back like full on just like no what would the butterfly fun house look like uh probably the same but there'll be butterflies instead of fireflies there he could have the butterfly wings <laughs> so you do you want to, okay so in your version are we removing the tail and replacing it with wings no i think you want to keep the tail i'm sold on the tail now <laughs> but he he comes down from the uh from the ceiling with the little <laughs> butterfly <laughs> kevin OMG, it all makes sense. Fiend will appear in the mirror in front of Hogan <laughs> at Legends Night. <laughs> Which will play into that one time, uh, payoff on that one time when Hogan and Bray tease the confrontation. Hashtag long-term booking. When was that? I honestly don't remember. But actually, do you know what? I was looking into Inferno matches, and I think the last Inferno match they had in WWE was Bray Wyatt's, and it was against Kane. Kane, yeah. That was easy. I was like, I'd was that his debut match? People like it was. I have no re like recollection of that whatsoever. Yeah. And finally, for now, MJ uh, VDG Bliss just sounds like cartoon Scarlet Bordeaux now. Yeah, because I mean Scarlet Bordeaux's whole thing is you know he is coming, you know he TikTok and all that. So yeah, maybe that is what uh we're going from. That's what we're going with now. She is cartoon Scarlet Bordeaux. Uh, and because Scarlet Bordeaux was so realistic in the first place, I love I oh, love Scarlet Bordeaux. 
and carrying I, across his dude, I, I loved it as well, but I am, I, perhaps this is a controversial stance. I thought her lip singing along with the video was goofy as all. Can. No, no, no. I love it. I, lo I genuinely, unabashedly love their entrance. Um, right. So, yeah, please do wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get in your ultra chats. We will read out every single one of them before the end of the show. And go over to Phenomenards. We are almost 700 subscribers away from 40,000. Uh, get into board games. If everyone on this stream went over now and subscribed, we'd we'd do it. Hey, we'd Ollie, I've got a question. Ollie, I've got a question for you. Do you like board games? Because <laughs> yeah. if you do, I would head on over to Phenomenos' board game <laughs> channel and subscribe. Uh, two things: if you if you've not seen the content before and you think ah, I don't want to give it a chance, check out. Adam's sketch from the weekend. It's very funny. A board game sketch about playing games with your family at Christmas and also his top 10 favorite board games of all time. Maybe you can pick up an expensive new hobby that you didn't have before. Well, That's it is helpful. an expensive hobby, isn't it? But I love it. I love it so. Uh, right, so this episode of WWE Raw, it was the post-TLC episode, uh, a pay-per-view that many people were very pleasantly surprised by because it was very good overall, mm -hmm. very good and newsworthy. We got Charlotte Flair returning, and we got Miz cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase, so that's written out, and we got The Fiend being burned to a crisp on the Raw side of things. And a tag title change. So a lot of intrigue to see this sort of new season, as it were, this pre-2021 interlude of Raw. And I would argue they didn't deliver on any of that intrigue. It felt like a boring episode when they'd phoned in and they're probably just going to do all this big idea changing stuff at the start of the new year. So, I mean, WWE themselves were in a bit of a quandary, really, because this show is likely not going to do a good number because we're in holiday mode at the moment. So then they tend not to do great numbers around the holiday season because people aren't really watching TV. They're spending time with their families. Well, I mean, not anymore. Not, not in 2020. We're, we're all being told to stay at home now. Um, so they, they, they don't want to do anything too big because you don't want to do anything too big when not a lot of people are going to be tuning in. But at the same time, you've got so much interest from TLC and setting a man on fire that you may actually get a lot of new eyes watching the show this week. So what they opted to do was sort of nothing but pretend it was something. So we sort of like pretended like we were starting new things. Like you've got the whole Charlotte Flair stuff. You've got Angel Garza making his return. You've got um, Jackson Riker having a match. You're continuing the stuff with Retribution and, and Ricochet and um, Seamus and Keith Lee. But almost and, and almost all of that, nothing happened. Like, really, the only storyline beat that progressed here is that Miz was likely going to get back his Money in the Bank briefcase. Which someone guess, said on yesterday's show, didn't they? Someone, someone said yeah. that yesterday's show. I bet you Miz gets it back. I guess Keith Lee and Seamus finally got physical. Mm, yeah, maybe, in a way. But they did that, like, in the lead-up to Survivor Series. So yeah. that new. Well, let's uh, let's go through uh, the episode from top to bottom to unpack this all. Uh, the first thing, of course, it was Charlotte Flair comes out for a promo, 
and Asuka, but mostly Charlotte Flair. Yeah, Charlotte Flair was proper like you, like Ivory in the lead up to the China feud. My friend China. Mm -hmm. like she was proper like my friend Asuka with all of this. Like she said, my friend Asuka, or my best friend Asuka, the person like she is setting herself up to turn on Asuka very, very soon. Do, I don't, I mean, do, am I being worked then? Like, because that's good storytelling, I guess. If if Charlotte is genuinely playing someone who's overly friendly with Asuka and it's just a way to eventually turn on her and get the Raw Women's Championship shot, I don't think WWE are going to make Charlotte a heel. No. And also, if Charlotte watched TV, Asuka was having... Like, Asuka gave Lana a title shot and she gave like, Zelina Vega a title shot, so she probably could have just asked and would have got one. She didn't need to go through the rigmarole of pretending to be a friend. No, uh, I, I just I find Charlotte's baby. Charlotte is a problematic screen presence anyway, because I think a lot of people, me included, feel like she's over pushed at the expense of everyone else on the roster. It's not that she isn't talented. She is. But she is just she gets too much. And it's it's frustrating as a fan to see her get everything. It's like, you know, it's the exact same thing. Why we didn't used to like Roman Reigns. The other thing is that she's been like, while that's happening, WWE are saying cheer for her. Isn't she great? Rather than leaning into the natural inclination against her, which would be to make her a heel. So it's yeah. I, I'm finding it very it's very frustrating to sit through her, her her segments. And like Randy Orton is a great example of a character of a wrestler who is just better off as a heel. Like Randy Orton is just like he he is a good babyface and all that. But he's a much better heel. And I think Charlotte Flesh, she's an incredible talent, she's an incredible wrestler. I think she is a decent promo and she's an incredible presence, but she's so much more suited to being a heel than she is a babyface. But WWE do want to keep putting this square peg into a round hole. Hmm. Um, they were interrupted by Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, of course, the former tag champs, and then Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke came out. I thought they looked very oily. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. Like, you know, they're obviously, they've got the bodybuilders shtick. It looked like they just covered themselves in baby oil before they came out. They look significantly more slippery than everyone else in the ring. I mean, it didn't help them in the match. They're still lost. Like, you know, Shayna Baszler managed to slip through them and, and get in the Kirifuna clutch. Yeah, maybe Dana Brooke needed a bit more oil. Just <laughs> reverse out. You're not going to catch me. But, uh, yep, they had a match afterwards. I thought Brooke looked pretty good in it. She hit a swanton and she was tapped out by Baszler. Uh, yeah. Charlotte was on commentary the entire time as well. And she's so unlikable. She's so unlikable as a character. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it yeah. No, I, I, I didn't enjoy much of it. And also, like, remember how just last week we were building towards Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke versus Nia and Shayna for the tag titles? And now they don't have the tag titles anymore. So. I guess we're good. I don't know what we're doing anymore. But, you know, there, there seems to be a fair number of women's teams of, uh, on Raw. I don't know who mm -hmm. they're going to defend against on SmackDown. I'm going to guess the Riot Squad. Uh, the Also, to so Dana and Mandy actually stood tall here. They tipped Nair and Shayna over the top rope, which to me feels like a Royal Rumble setup thing. Yeah, yeah. you want to do that a bit closer to the Rumble. It actually just felt yeah. like it just made them look like sore losers. It made me not like them after the match. But like, guys, you lost lost fair and square, no less. And then it'd be like, well, you will get out of my ring anyway. <laughs> Grow up. Well, you've mentioned that Charlotte and Asuka are going to be on SmackDown. Because, of course, they are. The Omni <laughs> Flair is back 
enforce. You never got Shayna and Nia going over the SmackDown that much. They're like COVID restrictions <laughs> out the window. Charlotte's back. Uh, Put her on every show. Hell of a show, though, that they booked for SmackDown on Christmas Day. A cage match between Reigns and Owens. Yeah, You've got Charlotte on there. Yeah, we reckon that Big E's going to win the IC title. Yeah, so they've stacked that up. Uh, not the same stuff for Raw or next week's Raw, but the Raw after that. Oh, my. It was announced now. It's Legends Night. Yes, because, of course, we said this as, as soon as ratings were down. We were like, well, the first thing they'll do is bring back all the Legends. But it is two diminishing returns, isn't it? Because they do these Legends Nights so often now that they don't have the impact they used to because it's always the same name. The majority of the names they announced for this were lads that we saw just two months ago, like last month, in fact, to say goodbye to The Undertaker. So, like, it's not yeah. going to be that impressive for me to see all of these lads come out again. Okay, so I've got a full list here. I'll uh, I'll go through them. But it's in alphabetical order. Alicia Fox. I, I'm not going to say anything because the Alicia Fox fans get really super mad when you don't say that Alicia Fox is a WWE legend. I'll take you... the hit. I'll take the hit, mate. She's not a WWE legend. It devalues the name. Beth Phoenix. Okay, but she's on NXT a lot. Big show. Literally seen him a lot this year. Uh, he may have been in WrestleMania. The Boogeyman. Okay. Haven't seen him for a while. Uh, Booker T. He's on all the pre-shows. Candice Michelle. Haven't seen her, but I wouldn't argue that I would tune in. Carlito. Carlito is the, the one that I was is really surprising, but actually Candace Michelle's a really surprised one because like, who cares? Who cares that Candace Michelle's coming back? I think they've literally asked everyone on their Rolodex that they def Vince definitely still has a Rolodex. That's his business <laughs> desk. Uh, Carl uh, but Carlito, I wouldn't say he's a WWE legend. Yeah, he's he, an he, alumni. He was <laughs> he was once there. But same with Boogeyman. Like Boogeyman's not a legend. He was just once there for a bit. But Boogeyman, you know, he's 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 brought out so much that he feels like legend territory, just the way <laughs> WWE have pushed him for the last 20 years. Carlito, they, they don't they don't reference ever. No, it's because they don't like him much. Um Hillbilly Jim. Hulk Hogan is a big name, but I would argue I'm, I'm not a, I'm not impressed. But he he could shift ratings, I think. Uh, IRS, glad to see yeah. that he is doing well. He had a health scare, but of course the father of Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. Ivory, I we haven't seen. Have we seen her recently? Can't remember the last time we saw <laughs> Ivory. But like I, I you know, I, Ivory's a legend in my eyes, but I don't think she is a WWE. Legend. She's again was someone. She was she was a women's wrestler who was in the wrong time. Really, she'd have been amazing if she could have been around now. Jacqueline, uh, Jeff Jarrett, who's on the pre-shows. Jimmy Hart, of course, because Hulk Hogan's there. Kurt Angle, you know that's cool. But we saw him on SmackDown just six months ago to introduce Matt Riddle, and WWE killed his presence dead over the, the last three years. Mark Henry, we see him all the time. Melina's an interesting one. She was rumoured to come back anyway uh, this year, uh, reportedly signed at one point, but yeah, not sure what she's going to do. Michael Hayes, he's backstage all the time. He's just hanging around. Nikki James, she's on the bloody roster. <laughs> she, she, had a, she had a title match not two weeks ago. 
Ric Flair. He's there all the time. We've already seen him this week. He was there on Sunday. Sergeant Slaughter, Tatanka, and Tori Wilson, which is actually fair. I, I'm going to tune in for Tori Wilson. <laughs> yeah, Tori Wilson. It, uh, uh, there's a lot of those names, which is like one of these things is not like the other uh, in terms of like a Legends Night. But, it, you know, it's the Legends that are available nights. Legends, asterisk, <laughs> who we could get on cameo. Uh, so yeah, let's see what happens. It, I don't think it will do Dude, much at all. We'll see what happens. I'll tell you what will happen. Hogan will come out. He'll do a promo. They'll do a segment backstage where someone gets scared by the boogeyman. Tory Wilson will. I, I don't know. They'll just have. They'll, actually, I'll tell you what they'll do. They'll just have them all come out on stage, clap, and that'll be it. And that's <laughs> that's what we'll get. And it'll be a quarter hour segment. That'll be worth it. Endanger, literally endangering all these old people's lives. That's what they say during a pandemic, isn't it? Herd all the old people together. Make them travel. Go to a hot spot of cases and do work. But Ollie, you know who's wrong? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is wrong because he shouted at some people. <laughs> he's, he's someone to make fun of. Hey, they were reading a script. They couldn't possibly have their own scripts. Uh, right, so that was announced. It is what it is. Her business came out, did a VIP lounge segment. They gloated about the, tw the like the titles they've won. And R-Truth did a little 24-7 title bit. Everyone chased after him. And then Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy attempted some comedy, saying there's more to life than business. Yeah, it's weed and God. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I was actually quite enjoying the VIP lounge until Truth showed up and all of his geeks uh, running after him, which I actually think sort of ruined the segment a little bit for me because I, th I thought, man, these dudes look awesome. I thought Cedric had a really good promo. Yeah, I think like the way that Lashley was looking at him during that promo, like I can't find the words to describe like the looks that they give him, but it's so good. And then there's Truth there and all of a sudden like a bunch of nerds run out after him. And it's like, oh, well now, mm -hmm. now I don't care. And then, yeah, and then the, the Hardy bros come out for... Uh, to cut a promo and bloody hell matt riddle is struggling to cut the promos that they're writing for him like it's not his style but he's like tripping over words he's not saying them in like a human way because he's trying to remember all the stupid verbiage that they're giving him and it's not i don't think it's working for him yeah the gag is uh matt riddle starts talking about how there's more you just need to chill out man you just need to hang back separate your ego from your consciousness and zoom out to an existential level and realize that we're just a little bit of stardust floating in space. And, you know, that sort of stereotypical stoner sh shtick, but it's like, that's, oh, ah, it's, it, it, it's a joke that works, but it's not like exactly like you said, it doesn't mean you should give it to people if it, if that isn't their character. And it also feels as well that oftentimes WWE writers will write a, like, write a promo, don't think it's flowery enough for Vince to like, so they just shift F7 every other word and see, like, you know, bring up the, the thesaurus and see if they can find a different word that they can put in there instead. Shift F7. Uh, Brock Lesnar's rejected finish. <laughs> <laughs> Angel Garza's back. Yeah. Why wasn't this promo with Charlie Caruso? Why was this promo with not Renee? Oh, what was the name of the woman that that was held hostage? Oh yeah, from like, center. like from like Survivor or something, ah. like The Bachelor or something. Or is that, what's her name? Again, in a voice, it's the voice that talks to me in Quizzlemania. Is it Demi Burnett? 
Was that her oh, name? Mate, that, that sounds, sounds right. right. Someone said uh, it's confirmed. Demi Burnett. Someone said it in the chat. Hmm. Yes, <laughs> I'll have to look at her Instagram now. I've googled her. I just have that up in the corner. Not Demi Lovato. Um. Yeah. So Angel Garza is back. Oh God. He, he debuted. He sort of debuted at the start of this year and we were all very excited by him he just oozed charisma and he came back here after a couple of months out faced drew gulak match went two minutes gaza won but every single thing that made him special all those little flourishes the little movements the camera the eye contact it just it's gone yeah doesn't feel quite yeah it doesn't feel particularly special anymore he's just sort of he's just a lad on the roster which is a real shame because you had something really awesome in, in Angel Gaza. But it just, yeah, I don't know, man. Like he came out, poor old Drew Gulag. Like February of this year, he had an awesome match with Daniel Bryan. Like Daniel Bryan was like bending over backwards to try and get like Drew Gulag over as so this guy. Had an IC title shot and everything. And it really felt like he was onto something. And then they were like, no, you're the PowerPoint guy. Be a comedy lad. You're now a jobber again. Yeah. It, oh man, it sucks. Wait a sec. Kevin has just said Angel Garza was the Cruiserweight champion this year in NXT. Was he? I would It's been a long year. <laughs> All right. So after that, we got uh, a Miz TV segment. The guest was AJ Styles. And Miz kind of wanted to apologize to AJ Styles for cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase at TLC. Uh, and Miz, I thought he cut a hell of a promo. Really yeah. emotional. This is the problem I've always had with WWE's portrayal of The Miz. Because The Miz can get like, he gets super serious when he does these sort of promos. But he, like every couple of months, he'll do these promos. And you're like, oh, it's a more new serious side of The Miz. And then he's like, and now you're in the Marine 7. And he's like, oh, no, so you are just a wacky character. And it's impossible to take you seriously. But if you actually, if you focused on, on letting him do these promos, you might actually build him up as a serious contender again. Yeah, accentuate the uh, the sort of positives. I, it, it, he's a phenomenal actor, but by wrestling standards, I'm not saying he should like be the next Daniel Day Lewis, but he's got something there. I was I was very impressed. Uh, but yeah, it was all ultimately for comedy, and then the the baby faces of Keith Lee, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre surrounded the ring, Shield style, did a rubbish version of last week's nightmare before christmas poem it was like nightmare after christmas and then they all brawled and keith lee very obviously was accidentally knocked into sheamus this made sheamus look like such a tit because like aj quite clearly like drop kicks keith into uh into sheamus and sheamus like what are you doing keith and like, yeah and it's like just watch the tape back like it's it's not hard and also <laughs> It was quite obvious that it's like like he accidentally fell into you. But it's a big shame. It's like the keeper's always oh, such a hothead. I thought it was AJ's gimmick, but he's such a hothead. And it's uh yeah, it, it makes him look like an absolute doofus. Yeah. Uh so that's to set up the match later on, which was the main event. We got T Bar versus Ricochet. T Bar won in uh in a couple of minutes. So talking of Gaza being the cruiserweight champion this year, Ricochet fought for the the WWE Championship against Brock Lesnar. Yeah, for 88 seconds. It's a nice round number. Um, yeah. I mean, look at it. We just had, on Raw, uh, Donovan Dijak versus Ricochet. I, in PWG, would have torn the house down. Here, it's two minutes, and one of them's got a terrible name and a sh 
mask. Sorry, I didn't mean to swear then. Naughty Luke. I know. I've got to, I've got to edit that now. Uh, then, yeah, Retribution seemed a bit more coherent this week. There was no kicking Mia Yim out stuff. Uh, yeah, whatever. It's repetitive. Kofi and, and Xavier. And, and it's gonna, and sorry, it's going to keep going as well because they keep saying that like this only ends when Ricochet joins Retribution. So he's got to join or they're just going to keep doing this bloody feud. Well, they need a tag team. So maybe Ricochet gets some backup. It's four members in the group. Like, do they, what do they mean they need a tag team? He beat them all with Dana Brooke by his side. <laughs> Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods did a, a nice little promo backstage. I think it was filmed the previous day. They talked about how they'll bounce back, get the tag titles back. Kofi knocked out a bunch of teeth, apparently. I know. Oh. Did you see the picture? No, I haven't. No, I just read about it. Post like a picture on um uh, on like a uh, uh, Twitter or something, but yeah, like the, of the teeth. He basically just went backstage and spat out a load of teeth. Do you ever get those dreams where that happens? Oh yeah, where your horrible. teeth just fall out of your mouth. Uh, we got the match that was set up earlier in the VIP segment, which was Lashley and MVP versus Riddle and Hardy. Given like the matches that have happened in this storyline recently, I had higher hopes. It was actually quite a short affair. Lashley made Hardy tap. Yeah, again, which you know we've seen a fair number of times now. Hardy took a wicked, like I want to say, wicked, awful spill during this. Like they pushed him off the top rope, and he just collided with like the ring steps and stuff uh, on the outside. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah. Jeff does just like to take moves real, like actually take them sometimes. Yeah, and I've hit my head, and I feel like it was in that spot as well. Shelton just looks (laughs) at MVP and just goes, "He never learns." (laughs) uh but yet that that sort of was sort of building towards lashley riddle surely but this wasn't this story's had good chapters in recently this this was just a nothing installment jackson Riker squashed a member of the lucha house party i believe it was kalisto no it was grand kalisto's out it was Grand Metal League. Um, Elias took this so like this match was so serious that Elias played a song during it, mm. and uh, yeah, Jackson Riker won. Cool. Then we had the Randy Orton segment that we've already spoken about. Then we got another Charlotte Flair appearance because Charlotte and Asuka took on Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans. Royce and Evans were thrown together at the at the start of the draft after Billy Kay was split up from Royce. I thought they'd decided they were on the same page, but. They weren't again here. They bickered. Again, the match was entirely designed around Flair. She got the hot tag. She beat everyone. She made Peyton tap in the figure eight. Asuka is so rubbish, she can't even beat up people who are arguing with each other. Like, Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans were essentially costing themselves this match, and Asuka still couldn't beat them. She had to tag in Charlotte Flair to get the win. Honestly, if you didn't know, if you'd only been watching the last couple of weeks, you'd have no idea that she's the Raw Women's Champion. Um, someone actually put up, I think it was Tempest put up a stat recently in like the last two months, she has had three minutes of, of like in ring title defenses, three minutes in two months. Like that's astoundingly terrible. But, you know, Zelina Vega and Lana, who I believe those matches were against, she should be putting them away pretty quickly. Uh, but you're totally right that they just they used Asuka as a means to an end here. It was purely just a set up Charlotte's hot tag. Not yeah, not really like was. actually because you know, in 
in the kayfabe terms of Asuka being the champion, how she was presented through the summer, she should tear through Evans and Royce all by yeah. herself. But yes, uh, and also, dude, like Gordon Ramsay noticed Peyton Royce, so she's now like a media star or something. So they tapped her out, of course. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was they said like Gordon Ramsay did a TikTok with Peyton Royce, and I think what it was is that Gordon Ramsay is just doing TikToks of him watching terrible cooks, being like, "That's terrible," as opposed to Gordon Ramsay getting in contact with people and being like, "Do you want to do a TikTok together?" I don't know how TikTok works. Yeah, I think he it's it's Karrion Cross's thing. <laughs> don't, don't you don't you mime i thought that was the whole thing you mime along to music like Scarlett That's why Scarlett <laughs> <laughs> and the main event was drew mcintyre sheamus keith lee versus aj styles miz and morrison in a festive street fight six-man tag or as i like to call it a normal six-man tag. Yeah, this this was such a street fight that they did legal tags in and, and they obeyed the rules of tagging. Where was the denim? <laughs> well, I just make it just have all six lads beat each other up. Like, why did you have to do a legal tag match when it was a street fight? Like, the the whole point of this was to put uh, AJ Styles through eggnog. And that was hilarious. When they put it through the eggnog, it was really funny because it went up in the air. You put Miz through a table and cookies fly everywhere. It's great. But the problem is you had 10 minutes before of that, of them tagging in and out and their heels working over a baby face. Like, what, what was this? The WWE are actually very good at doing these sort of fun comedy festival yeah. matches. There's been like a was it the there was the Halloween match with Gallows and Anderson? Uh yeah. there was oh, a Cesaro yeah. one. Oh, they're so good at it. Yeah. So so good at it. But like they yeah, it, it, I don't know, man. It was just it was so infuriating for them just standing there doing tags when they could have just had fun spots all around. Yeah, it was and I, I thought AJ Miz and Morrison looked rubbish as well. Like AJ mm -hmm. Styles was just of Miz and Morrison's level of just being easily beaten up by these three guys. Sure, Seamus and Keith Lee looked great and McIntyre looked great, but it shouldn't come at the expense of someone like Styles. And they were telling the story that Drew was working well with Seamus, he'd work well with Lee, but Lee and Seamus weren't working well together. And at the end, Keith Lee tags himself in, he wins with the spirit bomb, Seamus is annoyed, bro kicks Keith Lee, boom. And then it like ends like that. Yeah. I actually quite like that story, though. I thought I was actually—I I thought the three of those told that really nicely throughout. Um, but yeah, it, and then the end of it felt very rushed because they were like, "Oh my god, there's only ten seconds left of the show! Quickly kick him!" <laughs> Do you think? I mean, it felt to me like if anyone's turning there, it is Keith Lee. Keith is definitely carrying himself as a more grumpy persona. Yeah, well, we speculated that on last week's show that we think that Keith Lee could be the one to turn heel because you know they tried him as a babyface for a hot minute and it didn't work. So. Mm. That's the next thing to do. Well, that was that was the whole show. That was the the end of it. There, I I gave it two out of four. Uh, I give it two out of five as well. Um, it yeah. wasn't like nothing terrible happened on the show, so I can't give it the lowest rating. But it was it was just nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Uh, I'd have also given it to. I thought it was a bit of a boring show. Uh, and yeah, people seem to like. It's kind of a mix between good and poor, actually. You know, thirty-five point seven percent voted for uh, poor over on Twitter, but thirty-three point eight percent, which is you know roughly the same number, thought it was a good show. So we are still on that. You know, Twitter just loves calling things a good show, even if it's not. Well, I think it's because average doesn't exist in the four-tier rated system. 
So average and good are lumped together. But that means you've then got to make a choice. Because if, if you're like, well, I want to vote for average, but I haven't got average, then you've got to make a choice if it's good or if it's bad. And what people do- chose was like, do you know what, actually? It was a, it was a good show overall. Mm. Uh, well, well, that one did win poor. And if you'd see the the, the bore, the lowest rating, was or terrible, was pretty high, much higher than usual. Like, that is the l- most negative-leaning rating we've had so far. That's and Paul won outright. Uh, mm-hmm. when everything everything's been good since we started doing these Twitter ones. So I think that is indicative of it being a, a bad show and people were disappointed yeah. after TLC. Give a man some help. Randy oh. Andy Datsun is here. I am. I am. I'm not outside, so I've decided to put a poster I have behind my head to make it look like I'm outside. It is just I too thought you hot. were outside. It's so is convincing. That, is that not? I know. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Look. God. Watch this. No. Oh, oh my oh. God. You're in Middle Earth. I know. Everdale or whatever it is. I've never I, seen Rivendell. Uh, I am not. No, I have just about 20 minutes ago, uh, finished the Andy 500. I've crossed over 500 kilometers. My knees are weak. My arms are heavy. Mum's spaghetti. My, yes, everything hurts, but it was very much worth it. Um, yeah, it's just too dark outside, so I thought I'd better run inside. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to see anything. Uh, but yeah, so just a thank you to everyone who has supported. Uh, we've raised almost £1,300, which is fantastic. That's going to do a lot of help. That that will, I believe, uh, fund an entire orphanage for an entire year. Oh, uh, so that is wonderful stuff. Yeah, Mo- money goes a long way in different places, Ollie. I know, it's, cra- it's crazy, isn't it? Orphanages are cheap. Mm, exactly. <laughs> Maybe I should get some orphanages. We should yeah. buy some. And yeah. then we can make the kids write articles, Andy. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'll, I'll, now that I've done this, I'll message them and see what see what they've done. But yeah, I. <laughs> I Labour is twenty twenty one's big plan. I have now also shaved, as you can notice. Um, I have uh, finished that, so I will have Christmas to to rest, rest my weary bones. But if you do still have a couple of pennies lying around, then uh, justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Andy hyphen 500. Maybe Jenna or someone could put that in the chat uh, or just head over to my Twitter at Andy Datsun WT and it will be there. Uh, but that's that's pretty much all from me. Uh, I don't think I'll see anyone before Christmas. So everyone in the watching, have a lovely Christmas and have a lovely new year. I will see you probably on the Smackdown review on the 2nd of January. Uh, so yeah. Have a lovely Christmas, everyone. Uh, Enjoy stuff. And I will see you soon. Pretend pretend to be 2020 and I'm going to be 2021. Oh, I'm I'm terrible. I'm going to make everyone ill and everyone's everyone's sad. You see, I punched him. (laughs) 2021's here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so well done, Andy, there. That's um, good stuff. Uh, Good stuff. And also, yeah, slave labor. Yeah. Um, can I quickly plug something before we get into the uh, the ultra chat? Why not? 
uh, on uh, Matthew of Botchamania's Twitch channel tonight. I'm going to be on it. What? Uh, I know, yeah, I'm going to be on uh, with Matthew of Botchamania. We're going to watch the 1996 Games Master Christmas Special. It's the one, <laughs> it's the one with the Dave Perry incident. So uh, I'm going to watch that. Uh, where the Dave they... Perry incident. So Dave, they, they basically set up, Dave Perry calls himself the games animal. Like he's the greatest video games player of all time, right? So they have this tournament between all the journalists um, to like, you know, to see who is the best player. And they made him play Super Mario 64, which he's not played, but they've all played a lot because it's not out in the UK yet. And he completely asses it up. And it was just a way to sort of like bully him and make fun of him a little bit. Really. <laughs> it's, it's become known as the Dave Perry incident. Very good. Well, yeah, go over to Matthew uh, to see that later. Uh, I'll be watching Elf. Before we get into the Ultra Chats, though, let's say a big thank you to the people who donate to us, which is mm -hmm. far, far more commendable than donating to charity. It's our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon. You should become a Patreon, too, because you get loads of exclusive content. Me and Luke just did a full three-hour review of Armageddon Vengeance, sorry, 2001 uh, this week, which was a lot of fun, so go and listen to that. But thank you to our $25 a month or more. I'm Batty Man, Nathan Batty. Nice, very nice. Cheap pops for them. Get the cheap pops going up in the chat. Jordan Williams, a.k.a. Ollie's intern. Woo! Uh, make me a tea then. Pledge hammer power, hero in the half shell. Lovely stuff. Carve him up, Peter Hamley. Scary. Colin McCleaner, than Finn Balor. He's lean. Hair. He is lean. I'll have an order of Marriott Whitlow. Woo! Whitlow, maybe. The Snapdragon King, Ryo Adonde. Nice. Very good. <laughs> Luke's favorite director, Christopher Nolan. Well, <laughs> as our Chris Nolan's a fan. Uh, the Pym Particle, Terry Hankamer. Mm, nice. I like that one. The leader of the 314 crew, Elijah Zinselmeyer. Thank you, Elijah. <laughs> The hundred dollar man, CB Horver. Never hear from him. The D John Mustard. Woo. And finally, Jim Possible Prendergast. Thank you very much. Let's do these last remaining ultra chats remember get yours in last call for them at wrestletalk.com forward slash support we've got quite a few actually so let's let's crack on keith kutach hey fellas jam that jam i'm not hyped for wyatt's return honestly at all i totally agree with luke they don't know what to do with him it's sad that they have a huge wave of momentum behind him and then derail for some reason super sad hashtag failed fiend yeah, I mean, I think WWE just, he got over so hot at SummerSlam. They were like, well, I mean, he's the hottest thing we've got. We better put him in a title program. Uh-oh, but we don't want to beat him. Uh-oh, we don't <laughs> want to put the title on him. Uh-oh, better do that Hell in a Cell finish, I guess. Uh, Ridge, I've seen this suggested. The Fiend comes back bald with a burnt oh, mask. Oh, no, but the dreads are so cool. Would be dramatic, though. Never seen bald, Bray. Uh, Benjamin, Ollie and I are on the same page about Butterfly Funhouse Wyatt. I'm picturing him as Carol Kane and Scrooged, just beating up Bill Murray. I'd say the spook of magic gets replaced with nice, happy magic, but of course, still a little sinister. Book it, Vince. Yeah. Nice shout out to Scrooge there. With a little devilly tail as well. Matthew Robinson, I love the Alexa. 
that was close. Playground segment. Uh, the thought of the fiend coming back better and darker is a cool thought. What do you guys think? Maybe a good way to reboot the fiend. Well, that's it. Now people are talking about rebooting the fiend. Literally, you know what? Eighteen months after he debuted. God, that's that's so sad. Yeah, uh, I, a, a better, darker version of the fiend. How do you get darker? <laughs> yeah, a better, darker version than the man who like went literally inside the mind of John Cena, which is like you know a systematic dissection of a character. James Hanley, Randy Orton, not only will become the Fiend, he will align himself with the returning fake racer and fake Diesel during the Royal Rumble. All the while, Husky Harris will ascend from the heavens in this hour of need. Help us, Husky. You're our only hope. Oof. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Kimchi Cowboy, do you think WWE painted themselves into the corner, burning the Fiend character-wise? Greetings from Kazakhstan. Uh, probably yes because they didn't really know what they were going to do after us. They just wanted, they wanted us to burn someone. Um, apparently the SWAF nation wants to know if there's an AEW stream this week. Uh, yes. I'm not going to be on it, though. I, no, you're, I'm doing tomorrow's news, and then I'm actually off for, for 10 days. Oh, mate, I'm so happy for you. But yeah, like actually taking some time off this year, which is very unlike you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, I hope you have a nice rest and everything. But yeah, uh, it'll be me and Pete, Chopper Pete, doing the AEW review this coming Thursday. And there will be Raw and AEW reviews next week as well. It's going to be Pete and Laurie doing Raw, I think. And then me and Pete doing AEW. So yeah, so you'll still get all your, your regular reviews. No days off overall uh matthew robinson i think that miz should have told aj that drew was about to win and get up the ladder uh he was going to win i think that miz should have told AJ yes that drew was oh right okay so miz cashed in to stop drew winning rather than making it against yeah yeah that's a good motivation uh matthew robinson again tonight's speech from miz was his love letter to wwe to let vince know he will never leave for aew i mean I miz is that's because well, also Miz is never going anywhere. He's, he's a WWE guy for life. If, if he goes anywhere, it's to be more of a reality star. Mm -hmm. It won't be to another wrestling promotion. Uh, Brett J. Rasmussen, do you honestly think that WWE will actually put the money in the briefcase back onto the Miz? I enjoy the Miz and Morrison, but not as absolute buffoons. And I wouldn't put it past WWE that they do put the briefcase back on the Miz. Yeah, I think they, I mean, that's the story they're telling them is it's trying to find the contractual loophole that Morrison was actually the man that cashed it in. So Miz should still be the money in the bank brief holder. I guess, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you want to take over the chats? Yeah, I'm just going to answer this one first here, which is like, what about the Friday show with Denise? It's on Christmas Day, so there will be no <laughs> Friday show. Uh, but instead, there will be uh, the Christmas special will be going out on Friday instead. So uh, it's a terrible show. I probably I wouldn't recommend watching it. Uh, on the subject of Charlotte Asker, Ato Smith has commentary once acknowledged that Asker is a double champion. It feels like all the focus is on Charlotte, which is what everyone feared. No one can take away her in-ring ability and star presence, but the booking of her is what makes her unbearable totally agree uh they did acknowledge she's a double champ but it was part in passing all the focus was on flair 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 uh luke sermon says uh, i think charlotte is the third best horsewoman behind bailey and banks so i think she should be uh pushed as much so i think she should be pushed as much as she is what's your option uh on the horsewoman rankings i think that's really tough because I think they are all like they are all just as good as each other. I really do think that. And if any, I think Charlotte might be the best of them. But like, I don't want to take any away from Banks, Bailey, and Lynch because they're all so great. 
Yeah, it's hard. I, I couldn't. I couldn't rank them. It changes so often. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Uh, Pip Conserve always wanted to ask: Do you think that Asuka is a better wrestler than Charlotte? Personally, I think she is. As a matter of fact, I go as far as saying she's one of the top ten best wrestlers in the world, and she's been underutilized in ways that shouldn't exist. I agree. Yeah, I think it's not. It's not even a question. Asuka is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, so, yeah, much much better than Charlotte in ring. Uh, Bo Hill says people complain that Charlotte has been the same character for three years, but the New Day has been doing the same gimmick for the past eight years. I'm glad <laughs> that her business won because Cedric is amazing, and I want to see him eventually feud with Bobby for the US title. I'd also really like that as well, Bo Hill. Mm. Uh, I, Charlotte, but she's been face and heel so many times. The New Day have been consistently baby faces, and crucially, they're over in that role. Charlotte's not. And Matthew Robinson, I think that Charlotte should have returned and not won the tag titles, then lo uh, lose to Asuka and have a uh, loss in confidence to be the queen again. It could have been a better storyline than Charlotte just wins everything and is never pinned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she ain't losing her first match back. Uh, Bacon Rasher says, hi lads, I agree with Mr. Davis on the poor Raw rating, but correct me if I'm wrong, do WWE <coughs> actually have a few storylines going? Best part of Raw for me was uh, the Bliss Playground, but why change the Fiend? Thanks for the morning news, as always, Mr. Davis. Winky face, because it's not in the morning. Hashtag jam that jam. Uh, yeah, uh, boy, you're, you're welcome. Thanks for watching. Uh, but what was the question there? Do WWE actually have storylines going right now? Yeah, they've got the Cedric thing. Yeah, they Ricochet just and, um, this week. Yeah, Ricochet cut a promo on Raw Talk where I think he said that he's actually considering joining Retribution. So, mm. you know, there's that going. Uh, Key and Cameron, just wanted to say, although I would say that they do a lot of stuff on Raw Talk that never seems to actually then go on to the main show. Uh, uh, Betty Reckoning said she was going after Asuka um, on, the, on Raw Talk. Um, Key and Cameron, just wanted to say uh, thanks for the watch along stream and entertaining me through these hard times since the first lockdown. Quick question. Do you think the ricochet can be saved? He's one of the best on the roster and it's depressing to see him mistreated. He can be saved. I just don't think it will happen. It had, if it hasn't happened for him now in WWE, it's quite obvious that management don't see anything in him, which is yeah. just, just baffling. And like Ian pointed out, you know, he's one of the best on the roster. It's depressing to see him lose to Slapjack of all people, which is, you know, it is bad. Nathan says, uh, it says a lot about WWE today that our collective favorite gimmick is a man who every week cuts similar promos about how he likes to sit at one of the short sides of a dinner table. Well, that, that's, <laughs> that's good. I, I don't think that that's an indictment of WWE everywhere else. That's That would be a great gimmick and a great performance in any promotion. Brandon Rosen, I sent in a super chat a while back suggesting Raw was as bad as 2000-era WCW, which you lovely gents refuted. I just feel they're doing the same mistakes WCW did, not booking Babyface properly and relying on past superstars. Well, guys, how about now? Still, no. WCW once had a three-hour show where there was no wrestling in the first hour. <laughs> once Raw does that, then maybe we can talk. Uh, Blind Raw says, Raw is just noise at this moment. So much noise and not actually a lot of it uh, makes sense. A feeling entirely encapsulated by this week's main event. Street fight, but with tag rules. What? It's no DQ. Barely any weapon spots. Like the finish, but that's it. Well, that, yeah, I think with the street fight, it was only the last two minutes that are actually worth watching. They just, they just put things there to promote it. Like fist fight, street fight, ladder matches. They, they just chuck stuff into, like, onto the adverts without thinking it through. Speaking of, Matthew Robinson says, Raw Legends Night basically means we're scared of the rating. <laughs> I'm surprised Stone Cold wasn't on that list. 
Oh, he will be eventually. Yeah. Um, Scott Young, there are only two good things about Raw, Alexa and the Hurt business. When that is the case, that is a damning indictment about the state of the of Raw at the moment, especially when it's a three-hour show. Also, we'd be looking for any new writers in the near future. Uh, I don't know if the website is looking for new writers at the moment. I mean, Andy is in the chat, so you can certainly ask mm-hmm. him. I think we've got everyone uh, filled up at the moment, so not in the near future, but always do send CVs and stuff to support at wrestletalk.com. Examples of your work. Honestly, if people often just say, any jobs going, I'm not going to reply. You need to have like a, here's what I can do. Here's an example of work. Here's where I've written before. Brandon Rosen, uh, the announcement of the Legends Night doesn't address any of Raw's issues leading into low ratings. It just further proves that the show is for an audience of one, Vince McMahon. Ratings is down, bad booking, who cares? Vince likes it, and that's what counts. I don't think Vince likes the Legends nights I, I i don't think he likes anything that's happening now i think he's confused and scared uh insanity central if umberto and angel ever become a tag team do you think they could be the new school version of eddie and chavo that's if wwe knows how to push them i mean you could have done that with Andrade, but uh i don't think they, they, the problem is vince doesn't like tag team wrestling so i don't think you can ever get a proper push on a tag team uh, Jonathan Edmonds says, Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, man, the chat is so dark. It's like the DCU, LOL. Too bad Matt Riddle dropped the mat. He could have been Matt version two in a team with Jeff Hardy. Too bad Matt. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Never made that connection. Uh, Matt. What's the chat doing? What's chat doing? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, like a man being burnt alive. That's quite dark. And Matthew Robinson again says, Keith Lee versus Sheamus. Can I get a yes, please? Certainly for that. I think that's going to be a great little match. I thought you were going to do your no, lukewarm. No. no. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm retiring that for now. Keith Katach. Hey, fellas, aside from Chief Roman, what is your biggest expectation for 2021? New superstar push? New intense storylines? Or just pure boredom throughout the new year? It's real unfortunate the product has let down so many people, such as myself. Hashtag Jam that Emma effing jam. So you know what we had this year? It'll be that but again, because this year was basically what was last year. And what was last year was basically what was the year before. So yeah, it's that that's what we'll get. Uh, but I'm optimistic about AEW. They're just getting better and better and better. But we do have a prediction show uh, at the start of 2021. So we've got lots of outlandish things we talk about then mike jensen it's obvious that they have stacked smackdown because it is on christmas day why do you think they can't just do this normally not stack the show because of insert reason well you don't want to st- you can't stack every show like that is because you, you just burn it out too quickly but yeah like they've of course they stack the show but they want to try and you know make people interested to watch on christmas day so yeah make, I mean, that's what they, they do every year james hanley again wwe's problems were summed up the best in your review video where you gave the reason why vince sent his big man big men back to the performance center he went back to what worked in the 80s over three decades ago yeah which is ironic as well because you know the attitude era was a really profitable business time but they sort of never look at like what made that successful oh it was really cool characters wasn't it uh, that people were invested in no no let's go back to monsters that baby faces can overcome Bacon Rasher. If Vince loves the loves the old dudes, then he should do Raw Legend versus current Raw Star, and winner stays on the roster. Can you imagine Jam that Jam? I'd hate that so much because there's always that worry that the the the, the old dudes will win. They'd go over in every match. That's what Goldberg does. He can come yeah. back after not re- not wrestling for fifteen years and beat anyone on the main roster. 
uh, Mr. Burt Wayne, Gorilla Press, hand-delivered in Medusa to Thunder Rosa's Mission Pro Wrestling to surprise her and her gals and awarded the inaugural Mission Pro Wrestling champion, La Rosa Negra. Cool. Yeah, thank you. We had that message uh, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Uh, Alison Kay takes on Thunder Rosa February 6th in a steel cage at Mission Pro Wrestling, uh, which is granted only to Title Match Network. There you go. There's Mr. Burt Wayne again. Uh, just no yes. Hello from Sweden. Hello I will be Sweden. celebrating Christmas alone to slow the spread. Well done. But thanks to you guys and your content, I will survive. Really, thank you. Well, just know, yes, you can watch the Christmas special. It's released on Christmas Day. It's three hours. So, you know, that will take up a good chunk of the day. And it's not good, but it will certainly fill three hours. We apologize in advance. Bacon Rasher, uh, finally. Hi again, lads. So us good eggs in the comments led by SP3 himself have, has decided we want to see War Games Quizzlemania. Wrestling Daily versus Wrestle Talk. Can we maybe get that in 2021, please? Another day off for work for me with Beer 52. Jam that flan, JTJ. Oh, wow. So the whole Wrestling Daily faction McCarthy, SP3, Louis, Stephanie Chase versus me, you, yeah, Pete. Pete, and Laurie. Yeah. Or Tempest and Andy, if we want to get on, you know, some actually smart people to. Mm. to make up for us damn maybe we've got quick quizzle mania will be back on the first week of january so that won't be the match we've got something else in store for tempest the defending champion have you got your rankings available i've got it open it's uh it's quite big now yeah thank you uh, Andrew says, hi gents, hope you're both well Here's my submission to the rankings Let me take you back to December 2019 My band Loser Parade opened for Bayside, Drake Bell and Katie Tunstall All in the same month There's a name of us, a bit of a blast from the past mm-hmm. uh, We were planning our first tour for the next year Then Covid happened, we had to cancel the tour And lose all the momentum we had But that's okay, I'm a legal videographer Which means I film de- uh, depositions And people will always sue each other So I've got a good paying job with security <laughs> But then COVID made it so people have to work from home, making my job obsolete. Not to worry, though. With all my free extra time, my band announced we're going to release a new single to help raise money for Black Lives Matter. But then myself, my wife, and my entire family got COVID. Luckily, none of us died, but it has done damage to my voice. I can't sing like I used to, which made it so we've had to push the record. Well, at least my wife and I are alive, and I beat Darkwing Duck on the NES for the first time. So that's got to be worth something. That is good. Man, that's a that's a that's a rough one though. It's a rough one, dude. Uh, what's the, uh, the 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 voice thing really got to me at the end? What was their name? Sorry, Andrew. 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 I you're 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 going to be a rare case where you're not in contention. Oh yeah, I, I don't think Andrew would would expect to be in contention. He's had he's had quite a rough time of it by the sounds. Yeah. Darkwind Duck, eh? Although, yeah, it's a tough game. It's hard. Yeah. Um, Craig is up next. He says, hello, Mr. Davis, you big dick. And hello, uh, Luke. Immediately Walker. last. 
I would like to share my story of lockdown. I have a son who's got autism. One of the hallmarks, benchmarks of autism is that children cannot ride a two-wheel bicycle. So this much, just before uh, the beginning of lockdown, my wife and I put him in a special bicycle riding course for a full week. After working with him tirelessly for seven days, he learned how to ride the bike. Then I purchased a bicycle for him. Uh, for him. Uh, and after not having a bicycle 20 years, I started to enjoy riding myself. I now cycle 25 kilometers a day to keep fit. I'm paraphrasing just to keep this short. This is his, uh, their words, not mine. However, my full-time work is in creating custom <clears throat> commodes and wheelchairs for children and the elderly. I live in Canada and do this countrywide. Because of the population I work with, uh, because of the population I work with, it's mandatory I get tested every two weeks. I get the huge swab up the nose. Mm. And I'm consistently in and out of hospitals and long-term care homes. Most of them are on COVID outbreak. I'm diabetic, so I do have underlying conditions and I'm vulnerable to the virus. I drive an average of 95 kilometers a year doing my job, and Rest Talk is with me on a daily basis. Thanks for all of your hard work. Jam that jam. Craig. I don't know why there isn't like people don't talk about that more. The fact that you can you can learn how to ride a bike and then not ride it for most of your adult life. Get back on it. And it's you, you remember how to pedal and stuff and keep your balance. It's Maybe. like um oh, it's like riding a bike, isn't it? <laughs> that's what it's yeah. like. That's, that's what it's that's exactly what it's like, yeah. I like that, Craig. Uh, I like uh, I like that you taught your son how to ride a bike. I like that you're into riding the bike. I am also a bike rider myself. So I'm going to put you in at... Hmm. I'm going to put you in mid-table, just underneath James, who, remember, won two 55-inch TVs <laughs> in a competition. <laughs> We've got a bit of an update uh, from Katie, um, mm. who, uh, as a mission we've had previously. Do, where did Katie rank? Well, I've got a Kate down here. She listened to 139 episodes of the Rest Talk podcast. She's pretty low down because while that is a great achievement, but people have achieved a hell of a lot more. <laughs> Well, we have got an update, uh, and that actually will come up. Um, I'll add a bit of detail to my lockdown story, but I suspect I will remain a mid-carder. Since my last mail to Rust Talk, my uh, numbers have increased to 149 episodes and a total of 10,268 minutes. I also learned that I'm the rebel, rebel to Mr. Davis's Britt Baker, as he consistently called me Kate when my name <laughs> is Katie. Just moving. Is that all? No, no, no. Uh, aside from the rest of content, my lockdown highlight has been my husband and I adopting a second bunny this fall, Pippin. He's our female bun. Uh, he and our female bun, Miss Bunny Penny, have a rapidly become best friends and it's utterly precious to watch. We've been doing our own version of Wrestle League since 2015 when my husband and I make predictions, flip coins, random num generators for the bunnies. Pippin came in strong out the gate, becoming a two-tone jam already. We have a Jam That Jampion t-shirt as our trophy from WrestleShop.com, but Pippin doesn't get to wear it because it's too big for a three-pound rabbit. As always, thank you for the content. <laughs> Sending you all warm holiday wishes and love from Seattle, Katie. Mm. Well, she corrected me, which is which is a negative. But Miss Bunny Penny, <laughs> it's, it's good, right? Gave me some feels. Do you go above Aaron? Who did Aaron buy merchandise? He has listened to a lot of the podcast, and he got really good at Candy Crush. Hmm. Uh, 
Yes, you're moving above Aaron. There you go. You're still you're still right at the bottom of the table, to be honest. <laughs> but still, uh, you're one up. There you go. Uh, Josh, uh, hey guys, I wouldn't say that I'm top of the league, but I don't think my lockdown has been bad as I may have one of the lucky ones. I got my GCSEs for free as they were cancelled this year. I got good grades and didn't even take one actual exam. Anyway, I also got back into wrestling. This is the first time I've watched anything since Mania 34 and I've quite enjoyed it. I don't watch Raw or SmackDown. I listen to your podcast for those, but I do watch NXT and enjoy it. Inspired by Adam's praise, I went and rewatched all the takeovers. As for my favourite football team, Aston Villa, we stayed up on the last day of the league. I also got drunk with my parents for the first time. In uh, result, had my first hangover. This year's had so many highs and lows for so many people, but on behalf of all your fans, I want to say thank you for making entertaining and helping people take off the entertaining, for making entertaining content, I'm assuming that would be, and helping people take their mind off the real world. That's from Josh. Mm, Josh, you've got your GCSE results. That means he's 16. Mm -hmm. And he got <gasps> drunk. You're Wait a right. second. We've I got a rule breaker. Oh, you're absolutely right. I did not think about that. I forgot when you take your GCSEs. It's been so long since I did mine. Josh, not only are you bottom of the league for drinking irresponsibly, I'm also going to report you to the police. <laughs> He's not really, Josh. Don't worry. Um, Corey, a member of the SWAF. Sorry, do you want to tell me where Josh is? Oh, he's, no, he's, oh no, he's at the bottom. He's, he's bottom. Bottom. Right. Yeah. From Swaft Under, Corey says, um, emailing you to see where I land in the league of lockdown. And just to let you know uh, how I've been as well. Before lockdown, I had a hard time managing stress and was seeing a psych, uh, a psych, uh, just shortened psych there. Uh, now you'd expect the stress to be made worse in lockdown, right? Well, for me, it actually improved as I'm no longer seeing the psychiatrist as I always, uh, I've, I have my ways to handle stress should I experience it. I've recently become a standard in my workplace in regards to how much a person could do in my field, invoicing orders for a retail company that prioritizes pop vinyl statues and action figures. I'm also getting paid more than I was two months ago. I'm also lucky to say that I never caught COVID and Victoria in Australia is showing the rest of the world how to handle having COVID COVID 30 days plus with no cases. I love the sound oh, of that. You'd love Dream. to see it. Absolutely. I moved house in June uh, and it's a much nicer and modern house. Also managed to almost double my board game collection while in lockdown. Mm. Hold on. And keep as a regular Patreon supporter to you guys. So in short, things for me have been great and improved mentally and financially while in lockdown. Hope this wasn't too long. Keep up the great work from Swaft Under, Corey. Corey, you're solidly mid-table there. You're going again. You're going above Finn, who also uh, isn't seeing a therapist as much at all, and got a new job. I'm going to put you above because you've got the board games and Patreon in there as well. Nice, yeah. But unfortunately, that is all we got time. Uh, that's all we got time for. This is the last episode that Ollie and I are doing together for this year. But don't worry, the Christmas special will be out on Friday in place of the magazine show, and we will have Raw, AEW, and AEW reviews next week as well. There will be no SmackDown review this week though, because it's Boxing Day. Who cares? Thanks all for listening. Uh, take care. I love you. Goodbye. Rumble, 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.